And um, yeah, so welcome to Eggs on Everything. And this is season one. We're covering comedy, learning everything about comedy, the ins, the outs, what it's like to start, what it's like to build a 10, 15 year career in comedy, all that good shit. Um, if you notice, my voice is a little impartial. I, I like to think that my voice sounds better when I'm sick. You know what I mean? It feels like it gives me a nice, deep, raspy voice. <laughs> but really, I just sound stuffy as fuck. Like, so, um, and with me today, I have Sebastian Torres. <laughs> and Chris Medina, a.k.a. Two Bronx Ninjas. <laughs> um, so these guys are from the Bronx, and they've actually just started doing stand-up comedy, like, very, very recently. So it's perfect, because... The people that I've spoken to so far have been doing it for years. So it's like they're talking about doing stand-up super, like, in retrospect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They've been doing it 10, 15 years. So it's kind of, it's different than, yo, you're doing it now. Like, you're you're getting on the stage for the we first the time year now. year one, year two, guys. Uh, yeah. It's it's crazy because, like, at, at this point, like, after you've done, like, a couple shows by yourself, like, me, I'm kind of looking for, like, that kind of, like, mentor to yeah. just kind of help guide me like with my comedic progression and i swear to god i found him it's uh i found him like at a, at a hotel i was working at. he uh <laughs> he used to do stand-up he had he had like a stand-up yeah. special on comedy central and everything and uh like so you the found the guy at a hotel I, well, this, okay you beat me to the line yeah, like this is a much different show like i was <laughs> pause <laughs> pause um no but he was he's one Cinemax of the bouncers at night. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's one of the bouncers there, and uh, we were just talking about it, and uh, he was telling me like he's like yeah like you know I used to I used to do like a like a, a ten minute fifteen minute on like Comedy Central for them and like all these clubs around, and I'm like damn man he's like he's like yo so like you know come come to one of my shows come to, he got he recently got divorced so he's getting back into comedy he quit he quit comedy because of his wife and everything, and um, he's like yo I, he's like you know I've I've interacted with you on a bunch of different times and. He's like you're you're a really funny person. Like, I'm I'm sure like you know I would I would enjoy going to one of your shows and like every single time like I don't know like I I, I, I schedule a show I forget to text him like hey I'm doing a show. That's no way to treat your mentor. I, I yeah, know bro. like you're fucking I, this up. But I, I I haven't like gone to him yet officially because I, I like I think it's like so weird when like he comes to yeah. like yo can you can you like you know. Can uh, you mentor can me? Can you mentor me? Like, please? <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. What? Like what? Like, well, the thing is that you know everybody needs to know. Like, like it's funny because it's like you you kind of like get stuck in this space where it's like you you're doing something and it's like you're already doing more of that something than anyone you know. So you don't you have no one to turn to and be like, yo. So like like look like I'm doing this right here, but it's like this is where my knowledge ends. But you don't know anyone past that knowledge line. It's a fucking mess. So Chris, what guy? you into comedy what like because this is a recent decision for you as well yes. so it's like you're trying to figure out so i'm gonna do it, this it's, it's it's based on you know my personal uh professional networks previously where just going out in bars and being an alcoholic or a professional alcoholic right, uh, right. people have told me repetitively like you sh you should do something with this you shouldn't let your humor go to with your alcoholism or well, both. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, hey, you know, being a full-time alcoholic is hard and there's no life insurance and, you know, <laughs> or health benefits. But, um, yeah, so, and, and it, it just kept happening so much just over the years that, you know, last year, 2017, in the summer, like, I just decided to kick myself in the ass, put some hair on my balls, and uh, in, and go out with a wingman and, and see how it is. And uh, the, the people who inspired me the other professional comics I would watch a lot Dave Chappelle mostly I love that guy and, and I would watch others Paul Mooney 
it's up that same valley, uh, you know, same vein, if you will. And uh, I just love how they implement their experiences growing up, their experiences with New York, just the U.S. in general, with their comedy. So that they say raunchy stuff, be offensive, but there was always like a lesson in the background. So my 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 first six sets, if that makes any sense, hasn't really gone there yet. It's still kind of like testing the waters because it's not yeah. something that ever truly became consistent, but it's not something that I want to let go either. Like I want to keep doing it, especially from the first time where I, when I, when I went to stand up New York and I, and I, and I did my first set, uh, the, the guy after me, I forgot his name. He spent his whole five minutes just looking at me, telling me, shit, this is your first time. I know guys who did this for 10 years that can't get this reaction. Yeah. And I don't say that to like, you know, suck my own dick and I'm the greatest and nothing like that, but you that bra- really spoke you bragging to me. a little bit. You bragging a little bit. <laughs> talk talk your talk. Bit. I got- Put that battery in <laughs> your yeah, back. Yeah, you bragging a little bit. So, <laughs> so Chris, you mentioned, um, you mentioned that the first time you went out, you went out with a wingman. I did. Is that wingman Sebastian or someone no, else? That, that, that was uh, another uh, Marine friend of ours. Um, oh, you guys are Marines? Yes, yes, sir. That's right. Okay, damn. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe I should sit up straight. I'm fucking this up. <laughs> Nah, so go ahead. So it was another Marine friend. Yeah, and uh, so for the first three sets, he was around. I thought he was gonna be like my my battle buddy, if you will, my my wingman when I do these uh, when I do the sets, the support, not to chime in or interrupt what I'm saying. Like I know people do that, where like they'll have like some dude say something like or, planned hecklers. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. planned hecklers, right? Yeah, yeah like it, it never, never, never the case with me. It was just there, just for like moral support, support yeah. you know have someone walk through the door with me and um, eventually just things in our relationship got a little bit sour from incidents involving al- you know alcohol and, and whatever and uh, I that's when I really started to slow down because I was like damn like I don't know how I feel about doing this alone and that's when I realized that that I can't maybe that wasn't a good idea to condition myself to be like, hey, for me to go out and do this, I need someone with me. I should have just, from in the start, done it dolo and, and build myself like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, it's it's people are fickle. And, you know, it, it's difficult, especially when you're doing something within the creative arts. Like, you're creating content, you know, whether it is rapping or, or singing or painting or whatever the fuck it is. You always kind of want to have that support to make you realize you're not crazy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, this is this is happening. It's moving. My friends are supporting me. But a lot of times it just creates a crutch where it's like you're depending on these people to be there when when, when you need someone to, to kind of like help you push your art forward. When in reality, it is better to do it by yourself unless the other person is just as passionate as you. Yeah. Right. So that brings us to you guys coming together. And now you guys are both writing jokes. And let me ask you, Sebastian, where'd you learn to write a joke? Oh, damn. Where did I learn to write a joke? That's don't, a great question. That's a, that's that a good a question, question because, like, I don't, like, I've, I've looked at, like, the way people write jokes, and I'm like, I don't write like that. Like, I, I feel like I have, like, my, my own little writing style yeah. where it's, like, it's it's more of a, sto- a story, and, like, that punchline is, is in that story and, like, in those pauses, in those breaks of that. Um, but learning learning how to write i don't i don't know i don't i don't think i i have like a specific person or a formula that i follow it's, oh so maybe i just write all I right just, so so listen so you don't maybe you don't you didn't get your formula from any, from anywhere but there has to be a practical list of steps that you do when you're writing so like let's say 
you know like are you like taking notes when you hear things that people are saying are you remembering conversations are you just trapping yourself oh. in, a, in a dark room like there has to be a you're a process that even if it's not coming from anywhere and you developed it yourself there has to be some kind of process okay okay so so my process is slim shady with this shit so <laughs> <laughs> i'll be i'll be like on the on the bus with like i'm like the only person that like i don't have like headphones in or anything i'll just have like a like a notepad or like I'll have like my phone in my hand and I'm just right like I'll put it on airplane mode, do not disturb everything, the whole nine yards, and I'll just I'll just write. I'll write about like my experiences, like sometimes like those deep dark thoughts that we don't really want to talk about, like the shit you don't want to talk about with your girl, mm-hmm. like how how hard it is to stay monogamous in yeah. <laughs> in twenty in twenty eighteen yeah. in a world of that's tender. just not hard as that's just not hard at all, bro. I don't I have no what? idea what you're talking about. I have just no turn, idea. Just turn off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, no, well, so then, I don't... <laughs> you're by yourself, bro. I, I guess you're I'm by, by myself. Nick Chris is leaving you in this <laughs> island, bro. Bro, in, in space, no one can hear you screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's you know, it, it comes from, like, talking about, like, things that, I don't know, maybe it's kind of hard to have, like, a one-on-one one, um, one discussion, but, like, in front of a group, like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, fun. It's, like, oh, shit, like, this is, this is, like, no one talks about, like, that, that deep, dark place uh in your heart where like sometimes it's like it's like sometimes lustful or it's like it's it's a place where like most comedians don't go and like you know sometimes like you know that's that's what i'm going through and that's that's where like i find like the irony or the, the joke in that or like how it's how it's funny to me and like uh how other people would find that funny you know um i think like that like we all have some kind of common ground when it comes to that, that that we can all share and we can be like oh yo that's 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 funny yeah um i think i go like a lot of places where most people are like af- afraid to like talk about um but yeah that's can you come a little closer into the mic sorry yeah, my, my bad am i like coming in and out no 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 you're just mad far <laughs> like you just want no parts of the mic near you like you're just like yo fuck this mic he's fading away <laughs> he, was th- he was thinking about how he was alone yeah Damn, seriously like, i'm the only one who can't be faithful Damn. Damn, yo, why am I the unfaithful one? Damn, Shit, Damn. niggas got me out here. I'm I'm honest, bro. Uh, yo, so peeps, so here. let me tell you, uh, yo, you guys. So your first shows were both recent, right? My, my no, no, last year. June. When was your first show, Sebastian? Oh, my first show was about maybe a year and a half ago, a year, okay. a year and three quarters ago, yeah. and uh, that that was the at New York, and so I uh I got into comedy. Uh, where, I'm sorry. Where was it? New York and Poets Cafe. So it's okay. on the Lower East Side. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great spot. But I I, I started out initially uh, doing poetry. Like I uh, in my college, like I had won a bunch of uh, competitions for like poetry and uh, and spoken word. And uh, like one of one of the people that that was in the audience, they're like, "Yo, you should really come to this to this Poets Cafe." I'm like, "Oh, where, where, where is it at?" And it turns out it's literally in my old neighborhood yeah. uh, in the Lower East Side. Like when I grew up, like when I was like from like five to eight. And so uh, one like one day I go and like you know like I I performed a couple pieces that I performed for the contest there and like oh this the, you know like I, I got I got a great reaction and I met like other other uh, birds of a feather and uh, I found myself like going there to like you know release that that creative outlet of like you know writing poetry and whatnot and then uh, one day it came like you know like I I, w- I just write periodically like on the train where, wherever I am wherever like I have like, a quiet moment and I just have time. I'll just write, whether it be at home, on the train, bus, whatever. And uh, I, I, I wrote like about like five, five, five minutes of material, like a tight five. Uh, and I, I just started rehearsing. I was like, I was, you know, like I, I got to try this out. I knew Eureka one day at, a, at an open mic. And uh, I did, and the, the, the response was phenomenal. Um, it was it was with a host in the crowd that, you know, I, I hadn't seen them before. So that was like, that was really good. And that was really refreshing. And I was like, you know, 
I think with what I write and the perspective I bring, um, I have like a very good chance of, you know, like, like making this one of the art forms that I, I get like my creativity out. Okay. What does five minutes of material look like? Hmm. Like, well, is that like, is that like five pages, three pages? Like, how does that work? Because I'm looking for like the practical, like, how does it look? Like, so, do you cover like... So for me, like, I always, like, I didn't have like a formal mentor or a coach. I always was like, hey, let me do something that makes sense. And uh, when I would generate material, because I have such a high bar for even myself, I was like, hey, if this shit strikes a nerve this makes me think or i'm like oh yeah i write it down so i start creating a list not of like just one-liners or punchlines, but like i like getting into stories i like telling stories yeah so i have like four or five things that are like many discussions because it's only five minutes sometimes those five minutes go fast sometimes they go pretty slow <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by that oh boy so out of the six times i've done it uh, generally, I'd, I'd finish right before the five minutes, and then I'm just like looking at people in the eyes, like, "Well, should yeah. I just insult you or not?" And to answer your question, it's like, it, it's more like how you massage or finesse your material, if you do indeed have material, because I noticed from just experience that some people they'll write a line or two, they'll bring their book up or their phone up with them. And they'll just try to shoot from the hip from there. They try to try to, they try to create that situational funny, right? Because there's two types of funny, right? right? You have your situational funny, which is like the funny everyone knows, because that's when you're out with your family, your homies, whatever the case may be, people you know, and they just know you're funny because of whatever happens and you build up a joke because someone says something funny, oh this guy fell on the floor, he scratched his ass in front of people, whatever the case may be. Then you have the funny that that stand-up requires where it's like, you know, you have to preemptively attack the audience or at least try to impress yourself when you're up there. And that's, for me, that's what it is when I'm doing a set and I have these jokes written down and I'm rehearsing it, trying to see what's the best way I can finesse it, say it, act it out to really have the audience feel what I'm feeling because that's what I want. Whether they react negatively or positively is not the reason why I'm, I'm up there holding a mic. I'm trying to see if I can execute and the thing that I thought was funny and interesting, can I do that? Can I convince them through you know my mannerisms, behavior, whatever, can I convince them that they think that's funny too? Got it. So, so you do have an approach of attacking the audience. Like you want to go up there and hit, Something them, ready. hit them, boom, 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 boom. So when you're writing five minutes, let's say you're writing a five minute set, you're not sure when you have five minutes or not. It's pretty much like there are times when you go up there and you're five Three or minutes. Four, I should have like for me, because, again, I, I I like short stories. I like telling a story. It's th three, three or four points. Yeah. Three or four points. Maybe they'll evolve. Maybe they'll change. I don't know. But for me, that's that that's what's been doing me justice. Three or four points. Three or four points? Yeah. Three what or does four that mean? Points, like three or four subjects, uh, themes. I guess we, we didn't get into what your method for writing is, Chris. So what, how do you write? Like, do, so you, do you do like a bullet point and then write around that? Do some sub points or like? I, I, I pick up things recently, just pick up things from experience. I've always been a writer since I was a kid. Huge hip hop enthusiast, especially with the underground world. Yeah, love the underground. Love it when something can be 
raunchy but super intellectual at the same time and uh so i i've always been writing always displayed my writing went through school doing contests and all that and recently with with, with the, the the comedy experience it's just been I'll think of a theme. So, like, I hate the Blasio. Fuck the Blasio. Sorry for ruining your show, but <laughs> <laughs> the Blasio sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're about to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was just about to apply for like some you're about to make this come made in NYC <laughs> shit. Nah, thanks a lot, asshole. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna walk myself out. <laughs> wait, wait. Before you walk yourself out, Jay Z or Nas? <laughs> Nas, Nas. Now you could walk Nas. yourself out. Now, <laughs> now you could leave. Now you could I'm leave. I'm so sorry. Nas. Now you. Um, wait. So, so, so you've been writing for a long time. Like you've always written. It's always been a hobby of yours. And and you as well. You started out with the poetry. Now let me ask you. In a perfect world, what does what does the next year look like for you in terms of your co- comedy developing? Oh man, in a, in, a, in a perfect world. Yeah, I mean, in, just, in a, just I mean, obviously not like yo yo. In two months, <laughs> nah, 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 in nah, two nah, months, nah, I'm gonna nah, be touring nah, with Kevin nah, Hart. Nah. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking <laughs> about like like what like like what would be like if you look back twelve months yeah. from now and you say yo, not for nothing. I did I did this show. I did this venue. Yeah. I did this. You know what I mean? What what would be successful to you? See, this is where I wish I had like my comedic mentor because he would tell me if I'm being overly ambitious. Yeah. Um, I think like maybe getting to a point of consistency where like I'm doing like a Monday, Thursday, Friday, you know, kind of schedule where I'm I'm getting my content out. I'm seeing where the joke is. I'm revising. I'm getting that Monday and Thursday, you know, with those smaller crowds in. I'm revising. I'm getting it Friday ready, and now we'll, we'll see what really kills on Friday. Like getting getting on a schedule like that where like at least two weeks out of the month. I'm doing at least like you know two weeks, two oh two weeks. Yeah, out two of the weeks month. out of the month. I'm doing Monday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, like that. That would be like perfect for me, and I think it it would move my writing in a great direction. I could I could really get like the bits that that hit really hard, um, and then like you know like maybe at the six month mark or eight month mark, if I got a tight five or a tight ten, yeah. um, I. If I gotta put up my own money, I'll go hit the fucking road, and I'll go yeah. up to Boston, and I'll I'll hit up some fucking clubs up there, and I'll, I'll hit them with a fucking a quick five, a quick ten, and you know a Monday, Thursday, Friday, and I'll just I'll revise from there because you know things can be funny in New York, but are you are you fucking funny in like Albuquerque, Alabama? Uh, <laughs> let's see if you universally funny. You know what I mean? Like I want to put myself under that 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 kind of pressure. And I feel like if you have like that Monday, Thursday, Friday, where like you you have that revisement and you can make things a little bit um, more universally funny for like you know no matter where you are, like this this bit slams. Uh, I I think that would be like my perfect like in a year from now if I can get yeah. that schedule and like get that consistency like out of New York, um, that would that would be like my perfect world. Well, it's 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 funny that you want to go out of New York because most people want to come into New York. So it's like it's you 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 you. It's ironic, it's you ironic. know what I mean? That and I think that comes really from is. being from New York. Yeah. You feel like yo, I want to get out of New York when it's like everyone <laughs> yeah, wants to come world. here yep. to do comedy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, what I wanted to ask you was: Have you ever done a Barker? Either you ever done like Barkers or Bringers? Uh, so I, heard, I know about bringers because I read about it online, but I, yeah. haven't, I haven't pulled up. So for like for like for like bringers, I, th- I think like the most I've done for like a bringers is like five people, and like I don't I don't pay like a fee to like do my my five. Yeah. So like th- for for that I've done that. 
Um, like normally, I'll do like an Instagram post. I'll mm -hmm. be like, "Hey, you, you know, who wants to come see like my my like you know my my show?" Um, and like you know, I'll send texts out. And nine nine out of ten times, you know, I have like really good friends. I got, I got one right here. Uh -huh. um, but like you know, I'll, I'll have like a bunch of people that come. I actually hit like over five. Um, and they'll be like, you know, like why don't you do this again? I'm like, ah, let's let's wait till like you know like my material and, and everything gets a little bit better. But I've done ringer shows and and I've I've done well with, with bringing people. I think. I think like what the time I did it at at the pit, I brought around like what eight eight people. So I mean, bringer bringer shows are not. Is there like a pressure? Great. Is there a pressure to bring? I mean, yeah, but like it's like I feel like I have no problem like paying to put my art out, and I, like maybe this is like a downplay to myself, but like knowing that like I'm an amateur or a novice, like I know like. You know, like I have to pay my like my my dues for people to want to be able to hear that to hear that content, to hear that revisement, to 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 hear those those imperfections, and I, f I feel like it's it's only fair to to add to that crowd. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I mean, for me, I, I think I see it a little bit differently because the last time I did it was in January of this year, and uh, Sebastian was with me, and I had about yeah, it was Proust, Clavery. Lewis and we charge you five dollars a shout out by the way. I have professors in school, you know, from coming from John Jay. I have professors in school that were like, Hey, let me know when you're doing another show. Family from Puerto Rico, are like, Hey, we'll fly in to see you for five minutes. And you know, they always have this thing where they're thinking, like, I'm there where I can charge people to come see me. And I wouldn't just do that, period. I just wouldn't. And uh, not because I don't want to make money, but it's like I'm I'm still just starting out. And even if I was that good, if I even had a little bit of notoriety, I, I, I just don't think that's just the right way to go because it's like uh, these people in your personal network that come out to see you, you, you kind of owe it to them. Like you, you got to show them what you got. But then that's just the way I handle the bar that I put for myself. Nothing wrong with people who do otherwise but that's just kind of how i see it so basically you don't want to have to make anyone pay to come and see nope. you you want to be able to it's draw at your own risk yeah your like, own risk like draw okay you're not I, always gonna I, like what you hear right because then it's like you know that's part of that's part of like i feel like the uh the other comedians i've spoken to it's just like that's part of the come up you know what i mean that's part of the dna that that really fortifies uh, you're, you know, the, the, the beginning stage, it really sets the stage for what you do is like doing those barkers and those bringers because it's uncomfortable to ask people to come and see you. It's uncomfortable to say, yo, come and see me. I might suck. You know, that shit That's is uncomfortable. But, really but getting over that uncomfortableness is something that is going to be a very useful tool when you go down the line and you have to tell people to come and see you. You know what I mean? You don't want to wait till your shit is perfect because it's never going to be perfect then it like i feel like a creator or an artist you're a creator you're a creator we're all creators our shit is never going to be good to us you know what i'm saying like your shit yeah. is always going to uh, suck you know so, it's, it's crazy because as you say this i've seen probably a, like a, a, a pretty good amount of his shows he's never seen one of my shows what do you mean i've 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 never invited him to one of my shows why i i just feel like the disrespect that's great i see i, was, you know, I, th I thought that you were fucked up i thought i thought that chris <laughs> was fucked up i'm like damn chris you can't go support your boy bro but then you just not inviting people like you performing for yourself so it's like like my my thing is it's like i don't 
my friends that create art like i don't want to waste their time man like nah, i don't like i don't i don't like i don't want to make you feel like fuck like yo can we even i don't know like See, I know, I know. We're not like that. That like we wouldn't be boys afterwards. But it's like think, think I wouldn't want to have the one night that I bombed. Think, think about it this way. And like fuck, the, the bro. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like high five my bro at well, the end of the night. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like you're gonna go on stage, you're gonna bomb, and then you gotta deal with it with your friends. You know what I mean? And that, and that shit's gonna make your skin thick. You know what I mean? Because because bombing in front of a bunch of strangers is hard. Bombing in front of a bunch of your friends is harder. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you're never going to live that down. It's going to be like, oh, Sebastian's still making jokes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, ain't even, you ain't even funny, bum-ass nigga. Don't, Fuck out of here. Don't bother inviting yeah. me. Oh, you real, you real <laughs> funny You real funny off the stage, huh? I'm not paying 10. I'm paying five. Fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, what? Paying zero. Yeah. <laughs> you should pay me to come. <laughs> exactly. You have to you deal with all of those jokes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and I, you know, everyone follows their own journey. You know what I mean? You, you do what you want. You follow your own journey. But I do, I, I, we did get into that with some other comedians and it was like that's just part of building your skin you know what i'm saying that's the stuff where you got to build that out and you really gotta just fuck it yo your shit your shit's ass you like <laughs> just bring out think, bring out the people just bring out everyone you know I, what i'm saying but i think that's really interesting that the, the comedians that you have interviewed responded that way because i have again i haven't done a set where i, ha I did not have someone that personally knew seeing me and although if I felt like I did bad, I'd apologize. You'd be like, hey, I'm going to bring the heat next time. But I was always a little bit uncomfortable about the strangers because it's, it's more like, I mean, I guess it's just my personal philosophy because it's like if I can make a, a room full of strangers like me, then damn, I might not be that bad of a person. But yeah. if, you know, I, I invite my friends because, yeah, I want them to show me support, but they already kind of know what I'm about. So I think that's really interesting. And I would actually like to hear what, what what they had to say when you when when you was discussing that. Like, Word, just coming out like, of the park. When it? I release like, the you podcast, right? You're gonna go hear those episodes. <laughs> That's one listen. Like, like, yeah, for hey. real. Like, <laughs> just give us the episode number. Yeah. We go through the because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like you know this person. Like what? Like that should negate the fear. Like they they know you. Like if anything, they should be like, oh well, I know what he meant. Like yeah, that that, that <laughs> joke didn't nah, sit right like with that. them. But it's like, not like that. Like it's all good because I know he meant that. You know you know how hard you are on your own friends like your friend like there's some shit that people do that you'd be like oh whatever but when your friend does it it's like nigga <laughs> you remember that one time you did this and you'll never forget that shit so it's like it's harder to perform in front of your friends you know what i mean so is is I, I mean you know just get perform in front of your friends bro like you gotta get your <laughs> friends to come out you gotta get your friends to see you you know what I'm saying don't be pussy bro y'all niggas is marines y'all had guns like <laughs> why y'all scared y'all scared to perform in front of your friends so like, so and when you tell me you, you come in you come into the next show yeah I, I'm definitely going I'll definitely go because but, uh, you already know what it is that the, the 29th unfortunately it would have been the 22nd but it has to be the 29th day job stuff came up. And, and, and the 29th is coming East 6th and Avenue A The sidewalk Sidewalk cafe They gotta make up their name But it, it, well, it's, it's happening It's coming The heat's there Well I will tell you um, I'm gonna have to cut this piece out For two reasons Number one mm. I gotta keep blowing my nose Hold up Number two The episode Is not gonna come out Till mid-November Probably mm. late November For you guys Okay For your episode so what I'm going to do is after we finish recording and we do all that stuff, 
we get our bids. Uh, I'm gonna call you guys so you can send me bids for whatever shows you have coming up, mm. and I'll tag it on at the end. Right so at the end of the episode, after we listen to the standups, okay. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna ask you guys if you guys have any upcoming shows or whatever, right. and then we're gonna leave a blank space, and you send me in just the recorded bits, and I'll and I'll put them in the end there. Cool. cool. So, so for the 29th, it's not yeah, going to yeah. come out on here. But if you That's send fine. me the information, I'll put it on my Instagram and stuff like that. And I'll probably go myself. I, I love going to shit like that, especially for people that I know. Like, yeah. this is like, um, so we're going to punch in right here. Mm-hmm. Boom. So you have a show coming up. And, and I'll definitely be there because I feel like it's important for you to meet other creatives and then support each other. Because... You like, for example, you meet your mentor or whatever, and and it's like you you got somebody that's re- slightly above you, and, and that's dope. But the thing is that you have to really make friends with the people that are right here with you, like right at this level, right? If you don't mind, if I chime in, I don't want to cut you off. Is it, I mean, is it, is it, this is your show right here? Nah, I mind, bro. That's yeah. it. I, I was in the <laughs> middle, <laughs> side, bro. I just cut off those crazy juices. Yo, I was about to spit my hottest bars right now. Was about to melt yeah, I was about to kill this whole shit. <laughs> He's the only one with a cover on his mic. So yeah, yeah. What he says is important. Yeah, I'll no, that's that's that, because I'm a mouth breather, bro. So I'm like, I don't want to like put. Oh, I'm a mouth breather. That should be all fucked up. No, the mic. Nah, but yeah, go ahead, Chris. What were you saying? My bad, brother. My bad. I remember another another close friend of mine. He asked me, "Oh, like, why why you don't stay so so in touch with uh, comics that that are doing it now, the famous guys now?" And I'm like, "Why? I don't want to be a derivative of the dumb. I don't want to reflect what they're saying. I don't want their material to seep into my mind when I stand up. And not to hate on them or whatever, but to your point, really, it's like." I'm worried about the guy who's new to this, like me, because he's having the same experience as me. He's not rolling in the dough, getting his travel expenses paid for by some network, living it up, doing whatever, whether he flunks or not, whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? I want want to know about the next rookie, like, yeah, because you guys are, uh, you guys have relative struggles. Like your struggles are relatable. Like it's like you know when you're having trouble figuring out how to actually make it to five minutes, or like you know how do I extend this bit to reach the five minutes? Like a dude that's been doing it for ten years is not worried about that. So it's like you're gonna hit him up. He's gonna look at you like you stupid. Like come on, bro, you're not a right five minutes. What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? But if you hit up, you know Sebastian, you guys are both in a similar space. Then it's like, oh shit, I just had trouble with that. I got through it by doing this. And it's a relative problem to you. The problem feels real. Where when you deal with someone who's like way further ahead of you, this, these little small problems, you might be yeah. even scared to bring them up. Cause it's like, yo, damn, you're gonna look at me like I'm crazy if I'm like, yo, how do I write this three minutes? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just another stupid guy who thinks he's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you funny on the block, my nigga, yeah, but yeah. you're on the block. Yeah. So, um, stay in the barbecues. Have you guys ever heard of uh, stay Bill in the Hicks? Shop. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, I'm coughing oh, everywhere. Uh, you guys ever heard of Bill Hicks? No, never. So, Bill Hicks is a comedian from the 80s, early 90s. He he died pretty young. He died at like 34, 33, or something like that. But um, he's one of those guys that are like your favorite comedian's favorite comedian. Like he was doing a lot of stuff that people weren't doing in a similar way, and he kind of set the standard for how some things were developed. He actually, we we already did an episode where he lost to he lost to in the first round because we he ended up being pinned up against Bill Burr, mm. and it's just it he just mm. didn't make it through. It's sad, but I, also I didn't really think his shit was all that funny. But his he put out the twelve principles of comedy. Uh, which is something that 
I read them and I was like, oh shit, this is dope that he has like, you know, just a 12 principles. Like, here's a list of like the rules. Here's some commandments. Yeah, and some of them, them, some of them are redundant. (laughs) And oh, and like the commandments, some of them are redundant. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yo, we needed, they needed to make it 10, a strong, powerful (laughs) number. So uh, he made it 12. So he has 12 principles of comedy. And I wanted to bounce some of the principles off of you guys and see, like, if it's because you guys have never heard of them. So let's see how much of it is relatable in your young comedic careers uh, to the stuff you're going through now. So the first one I'm going to tell you guys about is only do what you think is funny, never just what you think they will like, even though it's not funny to you. So that's all about. When you're getting your stand-up together, you want to make sure that whatever it is you're writing, that shit is funny to you. You're not thinking about a crowd. You're not thinking about, oh, people would think this is funny. Let me just write it, even though it's not funny to you. How relatable is that to you guys? So for for me, that they thank you for the finger guns because I, 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 I definitely had a. T- <laughs> that, oh, that should touch your heart. Like, <laughs> no, I already did. <laughs> like, it gets emotional. It. Like that for me, that was the purpose of not wanting to go to the same place twice. I got to experience a different crowd. I got to experience the the different, you know, culture or demographic because I want to say what I think is funny. And again, like for me, it's comedy. Yeah, I want to be funny. I want to be intellectual. But this is also an argument too, right? Like I'm here to convince you like this shit is funny. Laugh. Yeah, and if you don't laugh, <laughs> that's like uh, a strong. Uh, yo, this shit is funny. <laughs> Why you not laughing? Why you you right there you in the front with the yeah, red polo? Yeah, What's really good? Yeah. It must be because you're a virgin. But anyways, uh, like uh, like for, no, but for real, like for me, it's it, sometimes it is a little bit about of an argument because it's like it also speaks to your, to your authenticity. Are you over here trying to suck off a whole crowd, or do you come to this stage with your background, knowing who you are and what you like and and you're gonna bring some heat like so that's the kind of way i look at it it is an argument you're you're trying to master the art of convincing like hey listen to what i gotta say hear hear what i gotta say can you visualize it and even if they don't laugh because there's sometimes sometimes there's things that you think are hilarious and you're like wow that's pretty funny like you at least you go like that right so for me it's not my agenda to make you laugh. It is my agenda to convince you that, hey, experience XYZ, material XYZ that I crafted, well, at least get that. They'll be like, wow, like, what? You know? So, so you're up there to make people think. Like, you want to, like, you're up there to be interesting. You don't want to, you're not up there with, to, with, to with make. the comedic the, vibe, I mean, yeah. like, I got some laughs before, sure. I had this one old Irish cat, of course, it was an Irish cat. He's just fucking ro- rolling on the, <laughs> the goddamn table, but, like, it, it's funny to me. As, yeah. as the verse that you just read, hey, it's funny to me. I think yeah. this shit is hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm just here to try to convince you that it is, too. Yeah. So, it, it, it's like, I don't want to get too philosophical, but... For me, it really is like exploration because it's like, hey, like for me, I'm never if I don't think it's funny, I'm not saying it. I'm not trying to trying to read my crowd and be like, oh, hey, I'm in the crowd in front of whatever the fuck. I'm going to say something because I think it's funny. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not here to do that. I, th- I think that's a pole smoker. I think yeah. it's a brown nose. It's a cocksucker. Like go go to Brazzers or Bang Bros and 
and do your job there. Like, <laughs> all right. So that that brings me to the to another one of the principles that I wanted to explore. And now, sorry, Sebastian. I think you feel some kind of way. We're on completely different like, ends of the spectrum you know, right here. You don't like people who say cocksucker, or is it? Well, it's like so. Like my my thing is with uh, that that uh, we'll call it a comedic commandment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> With that comedic commandment, Don't it's like I I definitely do play <laughs> to my audience. You know what I mean? Like I like a lot of stuff that I say or like a lot of the bits that I write, they hit with a younger crowd. Um, and sometimes like I have I have some material written that it's like I feel like I'm, I'm like ah oh, fuck like this isn't this isn't gonna hit with my audience right now. Like let me let me not do it. I'm really selective of, as to what I bring on stage. Like. I do, I do, I do like a slight rehearsal before I go, I go on set, and like I'm like okay, like you know, like if if they're feeling this, I'll go with this. If they're not feeling this, I'll go with something a little bit more universal. Like I'm a, like I was I was an accounting major in college, so like I'm I'm like very like mathematical and statistical. So I'm like okay, if I can get 50% of a universal de- like demographic, I'm good. You know what I mean? As opposed to like being like 100% with my point of view and like trying to get like, you know, that 20, that 10%, I'm going for that 50% every time. And I think like that's that's my flaw as like a, as a comic, as an artist, is that a lot of the times I'm going with the safest joke. You know what I mean? And that that doesn't make you grow. That's why when I hear Chris speak, I'm like, I'm happy that like we as like novice or rookie comics, we're going through this together because I see where like my my flaws really are. And like, that's my biggest flaw is that like, I do the safest thing for like me and I do the safest thing for the crowd. Yeah, because if you aim for 50%, you're never going to get 100. You know what I mean? And and if you aim for 100, there is the chance that you'll land zero. You know what I mean? It's it's risky, but you should give it a shot where you kind of like write out something without ever considering who's listening to it. Whether they're young, old, male, female, you know, white, black, Spanish, whatever it is. Uh, you, you might want to give it a shot where you just write some shit that's strictly just funny to you. Where it's like you don't even consider the crowd ever. You know what I mean? Because you know what I... And, and obviously, I'm just theorizing here because I've never oh. done comedy in my life. You know what I mean? So I'm just talking like just out my ass, essentially. You no, know what no, I mean? no, you're doing great. So, but basically, it's, it's just like, you know, you might tell a joke that's going to hit with one person in that crowd, but it's going to hit that person 100% because that person relates with you entirely. And that's more important than hitting 20 people in the crowd at 50%. You know what I mean? Like that one person at 100% that's just like, I agree with wow, you, with you know what I mean? Yeah. That's more important than getting a whole crowd of people that are giving you 50% of their like, oh, yeah, that's what I get it. You know what I mean? So, you know, just give it a try. Just write some shit that's only funny to you. Like, go out your way to be like, this shit is hilarious to me. And I feel like no one's going to like it. And then, you know, try to work that material, you know? So, uh, so, the other principle that I wanted to touch on was, remember, this is the hardest thing there is to do. If you can do this, you can do anything. Uh, how difficult like in terms of things that you've done in your life is stand-up comedy for you guys well i mean going through the marine corps right i mean only because it came up yeah that oh boy yeah that that um, yeah and, and that's why like I, I i this principle to me i was like yo this is a good conversation to have with you guys because 
you know, you guys were Marines and you were hoorahing everywhere and I like mean, fucking. I mean, <laughs> how many people know Shaggy was bullet, a Marine, bullet. right? Shaggy was a Marine too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he oh. was Shaggy P. He has he has pictures in his blues. Marines yeah. are notorious girl, girl, for banging on the angel. sofa. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, I, I, you gotta you gotta understand that challenges come in different forms and challenges come. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Different image, variance, whatever the word you want to use. And for me, I think the universal principle with that, with that commandment that he laid out, if you will, was that um, it's 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 about being concrete about yourself. And um, if if you, I I don't know, like I'm pretty sure some old wise Japanese guy said this, like you can master yourself, you master your environment. And I feel like once you get there, after X amount of failures after X amount of bad mics, but you're still going up there and putting out and you believe in yourself. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I want to sound like cheesy. Like, yeah, you're going to get there. But if you're more confident in yourself, I feel like that's the most important thing about when you grab that mic, like, you know what you're doing. And regardless if someone boos you, wants to throw something at you or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever the response is, it's like you're a statue. You can't be moved, right? Like you're in your place, and, and and again, like that for me, that's that's what that like translates to me. Like you know, like you, I'm here to convince for just in my, again my own personal views and how I see comedy. I'm here to convince you that hey, X Y Z experience, X Y Z joke is funny, which is why I brought it here to the stage. Yeah. The argument is me against you. It's not the other way around. You can't convince me. You know, like, this. Did you get that, Sebastian? Because he totally lost me in his explanation. I got totally oh, lost. <laughs> and I just want to know, what is, is comedy harder than the Marine Corps? That's uh, that's what I want to know. Like, so what, was your experience in the Marines? <laughs> he tried to Mr. Miyagi you. Yeah, like, I, yo, I was totally in a trance. I'm like, wax on, wax off. Yeah, no, tell me. Counterclockwise. Is, is comedy harder than the Marines is the question. I think, I think what he's trying to say is that, like, like he said, we all have our own challenges. And while the Marine Corps is a huge challenge in itself, and it's something that people, they know our branch of service for being the fucking hardest thing to ever fucking do physically, mentally, emotionally to your body. Um, there's something about that self-reflection that there's something about that like that deep uh exposition to yourself that is uncommon to most marines you know what i mean that 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 deep reflection where it's like the deep reflection that you find in comedy the deep reflection that you find in comedy that 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 you're writing about that it's like you know like marines aren't taught to like look at their emotions or or think about them we 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 have have a roadmap roadmap. what is that a roadmap so it's like hey do xyz this is how you get promoted this is how you become successful in the marine corps it's all laid out for you in comedy just that doesn't exist okay. not to say that comedy is harder than the marine corps because i think the marine corps is harder in the fact that you're punishing your body physically doing the infantry style stuff and even when you're not in the infantry of course you got to be in shape you got to do your thing you got to go fight the war one percent of people want to do that i don't i don't maybe one percent of the people in the united states want to do comedy as well but you're not thinking about danger unless you make a joke so bad someone wants to beat your ass for it, you know? Yeah. So I I think the the physical challenge of multi-emotional and uh, emotional and physical 
the Marine Corps does triumph over like, hey, I want to go through stand up. But then there's also that statistical fact that the scariest thing the Irish person thinks uh, is, is speaking in a public crowd. Public, statistically speaking, uh, people find it more scarier to speak in a crowd than to be alive in a coffin six feet under. <laughs> That's wild. You can look that up. I'm not making. Yo, it up. sign that's me wild. up, doggy. I'm gonna be speaking mad bullshit. So I, I, I think that's a very challenging question. It's a good question, but I, I don't know. Nope. So yeah. comedy isn't the hardest thing you guys have done because you guys are Marines. Fuck can, no. Can we get a hoorah though? That was that was mad loud. Like I needed to adjust the mics for that. Yeah, yeah. the whole shit. I'm cutting all that out. Don't ever ask Marines to be loud because like we are talking in very monotone voices. Yeah. But this is not how we talk in the Marine Corps. Like how we talk in the Marine Corps is like, hey you motherfucker, get the fuck over. It's it's bad. And you know what I mean. Sounds abusive, bro. Then it becomes dick jokes 99 percent of the time. Yeah. Because it sounds very abusive. Like it was like like I was screaming at me. I'm just like, yo, all right. Um, no, nah, but listen, so so the whole premise of the show is now we got to know both of you guys a little bit. We know some of your influences. We know where you are in your comedic careers. And we know that, you know, what kind of make you guys tick and stuff like that and what you look for in a joke. So uh, I, put, I put this whole interview series together because I wanted some real-life comedians to help me determine my favorite stand-up essentially i mean it's it, i did a list of stand-ups that i really enjoyed i put 16 16 of them together i put them in a random bra bracket generator because yeah. i didn't want to pin anybody against each other on purpose mm. uh so that it just created random matches between these different stand-ups and um i will warn you right now one of the difficult things to do is to separate the comic from the stand-up because mm. it's like there's so some hard. comics that have 15 good stand-ups you know but i picked one stand-up and i'm comparing it to one stand-up you know what i mean but you see chris rock and you know chris rock is funny so it's like you're listening to all his other jokes but we're gonna cut that out and right. we're just gonna listen to these bits we're gonna listen to these jokes that are being said and then we're gonna determine which bit is better and then after we know which bit is better We'll move on to the next one. And your first matchup that you have is going to be John Mulaney, new in town. Then this is a stand-up special from 2012. And if you guys are not familiar with John Mulaney, he is from Saturday Night Live. You recorded me through some cranberry sauce. It's epic. <laughs> and um, so John Mulaney, he does SNL. He's a writer on SNL. And he has a couple stand-up specials now. He's also the co-creator of a show on Netflix called Big Mouth. So let's get to John Mulaney's bit. And this is from his special from 2012 called New in Town. My girlfriend's wonderful, though. I listen to everything my girlfriend says. I don't mean she bosses me around. I just listen to everything she says because before I had a girlfriend, I never had someone who's always standing next to me who can just point out obvious things that are happening. <laughs> like we'll be in a restaurant and my girlfriend will be like, you That wasn't the right, that wasn't the right bit. It actually starts here. This show's hilarious, by the way. I feel like I'm already extremely biased. This one? Yeah. Let me try to find. I think this is the right bit here. Hold on. Honestly, I have a girlfriend now uh, yeah. myself, which is weird because I'm probably gay based on the way I act and behave and <laughs> have walked and talked for 28 years. 
I think I was supposed to be gay. I think like in heaven they built like three quarters of a gay person and then they forgot to flip the final switch and they just sent me out and it was like, you marked that one gay, right? And it was like, oh no, was I supposed to? And they were like, oh man, well this will be a very interesting person. <laughs> this will be a very silly person. <laughs> I was definitely gay when I was a little boy. <laughs> a lot of little boys are gay, you know, they're very flowy and they have hard opinions on things. <laughs> I mean that I was a sexually active gay man when I was a little boy. That's not what I mean. When I was a little boy, I was more like, like a 67-year-old gay man that's kind of over it sexually, you know? I was just like an old queen. I would come out of the recess yard and be like, everyone get out of my way. I just want to sit here and feed my birds. The gym teacher would tell me to play kickball and I'd be like, you want me to do what? <laughs> Real quick, I, this happened pretty recently. I was in a restaurant near here in the West Village and I was at the urinal and uh, an old gay man came in the bathroom with a walker like this and he said this to me. He went, I'm either having a drink or I have to pee. You're living the golden years, kid, not me. Like he spoke in rhymes, it was crazy. <laughs> it was such a weird interaction that I wasn't sure if it actually happened. <laughs> I came out of the bathroom and I asked my girlfriend, I was like, did you see like an old man follow me in the bathroom? And she was like, John, that bathroom's been closed for 40 years. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Where was I? I'm, I'm not gay, but I might be, and I have a girlfriend, yeah. and she's a female person. <laughs> it's going very well. I love her very much, and so a few months ago, she was like, okay, it's going well, so now uh, I should meet your parents, because that's what people do when a relationship is going well. They meet each other's parents, and I've never understood that. I've never been with my girlfriend and thought like, oh, honey, tonight is going great. But do you know what would make it perfect? <laughs> Charles and Ellen Mullaney. <laughs> Come on, let's get them in the mix. We've been going pretty hot and heavy lately. I think it's time we bring in two older Catholic people. That's beast. That's beast. My girlfriend's a female, and then I had all these friends that are female. So when I started dating her, I was like, oh great, they'll all get along. No. <laughs> Not even a little at the beginning. I don't want to make any generalizations about women, because I don't know shit about women, but this is one thing I've noticed in my own personal experience, is that I think women can be friends with each other, but I think it can be tricky sometimes when you try and force women to hang out with each other. I think that sometimes doesn't work. Like, I don't think, like, you could never put together a heist of women. Does that make sense? Like, Ocean's Eleven with women wouldn't work. Because two would keep breaking off to talk shit about the other nine. Or not even talk shit. Just say weird, passive-aggressive things while they break into the casino. Just be like, oh, I love how you just wear anything. That's pretty much facts. Yo, <coughs> this shit surprised me. This special surprised me. I did not expect him to be this funny. He, I thought he was really, really funny. And it's, it starts off a little slow when I first watched it, but um, it really just picks up. It picks up, and I think, what'd you guys think about his, this bit? Can So this is going to be my first time speaking first. Um, I think his comedic tempo is fucking insane, bro, because it's, it's just like, one line after, like, I don't think there's more than two or three lines that he goes by that he doesn't get a laugh. 
Yeah. It's it's insane because like, you know, when I reflect on like like our kind of like performances with a lot of like amateur comics, the laugh doesn't come until like the fourth, the fifth line. Like this is like this feels like super tight. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm analyzing it from like a technical writing point of view. And like everything kind of hits, and like I, like I said before we even started this bit, I feel like I'm a little bit biased towards him because I, I I thoroughly enjoy his show Big Mouth. I think it's hilarious, and like the same kind of tempo he puts in his stand up, I think if it's not the same, if not faster, to his animated series Big Mouth. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it does have it does have the same tempo as the show, like the same kind of humor yeah. as the show for sure. And some of the situations that he's paint that he paints throughout the special are pretty much this like it's very similar to the situations that are painted in in Big Mouth. So so it, it's a dope bit. Um, I think that his voice is hilarious. Yeah. Like his voice is hilarious to me. Like his, yeah. because there's no way that that's his real voice. Like that <laughs> all the time. Yeah. That would be absurd. So we have one more to listen to before we could judge this matchup. And it's Michael Shea. He has a special called Michael Shea Matters. And um, this was another one that I picked up randomly on Netflix. And honestly, I just I knew him as another SNL dude. And I was like, oh, I was just a fucking guy from SNL. And then I, I watched the special and I picked out this bit. I think it's one of the funniest He's things I've ever heard. He's a fucking murderer. But we can't agree on anything anymore. As a country, we just can't agree. We just fight about everything. We can't even agree on Black Lives Matter. That's a controversial statement. Black Lives Matter. Not matters more than you, just matters. Matters. Just matters. That's where we're starting the negotiations. Matters. We can't agree on that shit. What the fuck is less than matters? Black lives yes. exist. Can we say that? Yes. Is that controversial? We always ask for the lowest common denominator. We ask for the lowest rights. Gays were fighting for equal rights. Equal rights. That's, can you believe that's an actual stance you could have? You can be for equal rights. That means there's people out there saying, I think everybody should have the same rights as everyone else. And there's other people like, nah, son, I disagree. <laughs> I just don't think so. Black people was fighting for civil rights, not even equal. <laughs> yeah. Just civil. Thanks. Yeah. Can we get civil? Can we get, I'll take civil rights. Shit. Just be civil. Can we get civil? Turn the fucking hose off. Can we just get... <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you black lives don't matter. That's not what they say. That's not the argument. <laughs> they hit you with that slick shit. <laughs> like, well, all lives matter. Yes, really? Semantics? <laughs> that would be like if your wife came up to you and was like, do you love me? And you were like, baby, I love everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're no different. Why do black people always have to get over shit so quickly? 
Thanks, black lady. <laughs> Thanks, right? black why, lady. Why do, we, why do we always gotta get over shit? Every time we bring some shit up. Slavery. Oh, that was 400 years ago. <laughs> Segregation. Oh, you, you guys got Black History Month out of it. Come on. We, we gave you February. That's fucked up. Police shooting. That, that was two weeks. Come on. You still? Still? Still there? Still? Dead. 9-11. Oh, never forget. <laughs> That's why yeah, I'm in a t-shirt that says, all buildings matter. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> no? You want one? <laughs> Let me... I feel like the winner is clear. <laughs> Let there's me there's a clear cut winner. First. There's a clear cut winner here. The, Pass me that bracket. I'm just ready. There's a clear cut winner here. Do you need explanations? Like, I mean, but, but bro, this is this is exactly what we've been talking about. That that kind of like political, that political stance that it's like, yo, fuck, that's right. Along with that that fucking like universal humor that's like, yo, everyone can find this funny. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it it hits on both sides of the spectrum. So it. I, I don't mean to sound like you know like I'm I'm certainly biased towards demographics, but it, it, it hits up everyone in such a way that it's it's so strong, it's so funny, it's so powerful that it's like fuck man, like we can we can all laugh at that. If you live in America, that's fucking funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all fifty states, I have no doubt that that fucking bit hits. You know what I'm saying? Should it it should it should it it should hit. You I know think, what I'm saying? I think so. Um. With, with like with John Mulaney, I feel like sometimes things like are, are a little steered towards like you know like more, more towards like a liberal ring and, and and whatnot. But like when you look at things from a technical writing point, I mean he he hits you with something like with something like political, something like you know something you universally funny. So he he's winning both sides of that crowd, and like that's something that I really appreciate. Whenever he does his bits, it's it's it. it, it Hands down, he wins against Trump. <laughs> that's, that's like a Golden State TKO. Warriors versus like it's the like Timberwolves. A first, first round knockout. <laughs> Damn. That's it. It's over. Damn, Shay with the first round knockout. That's Damn. uh, nice. wonderful HBO specials. Who? Wonderful. Him, Michael, Michael Shea? Shea. Michael Shea is phenomenal. I like you know, um, John Maloney has a, a wonderful show in uh, Big Mouth. But Michael Shea, as far as the stand up, he's like I was. I was telling Chris Medina as. as we were looking towards our bracket. He's the closest thing we have towards like an Eddie Murphy and a Dave Chappelle. If they like fucking combine. fusion hard, if they can, if they combine, some DBZ shit. That is <laughs> that is exactly what the fuck you would get. Like his Michael Shea. His his. So he's bits, somewhere between Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. Hands down, hands down. Because it's it's not so political where it's like oh it strikes nerve and now 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 there has to be civil war. It's like yo like. Sit down and think about it. Like you know, like that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that, that, that analogy that he made is like all lives matter is like your wife asking you, "Yo, do you love me?" And you're like, "I I love love everybody." Like, yeah, yeah, that shit. That is such a brilliant (laughs) analogy. All right, so we're gonna go to two more uh, comedy legends right here, actually. So the first one is George Carlin. Um, 
and with the special that that we're looking at is complaints and grievances and this is from 2001 this is like right after 9-11 actually mm. yeah but i just want to say that like what's up we are doing phenomenal on the bottle of y'all niggas is doing phenomenal y'all niggas y'all niggas doing phenomenal this is my second when we cup. went to the liquor store both both the dudes behind the counter were looking at me like Yo, wait a minute he's speaking this guy had his head down he was like that bottle not big enough. <laughs> yeah, y'all niggas, y'all niggas drink like Marines, bro. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, you, you know we have two days dedicated to drinking, right? Really? Two days. We have the Marine Corps birthday and then mess hall nights. So, I thought I thought that was all year. I have three hundred sixty-five days dedicated. So, to <laughs> <laughs> you I hate leap year when it's a year less. Yeah, a day less. When we tell you we does this, not only as bronze ninjas that we do, <laughs> we yeah. does this as marine ninjas. We does this. The the Hennessy Hennessy's a big marine drink. Nah, Hennessy, well, it's I mean, it's a non non-discriminatory equal opportunity employer <laughs> all booze is treated equally yeah people have their personal opinions like is american guinness better than european guinness i think european guinness is obviously better than american guinness but as hey booze is booze so you'll drink both equally I'll drink everything equally. <laughs> so let's get into this george Carlin bit. Hold it. It down. oh and if you didn't notice guys that was clearly a punch we had to punch in <laughs> sebastian was pissing himself <laughs> yeah let's get into I george Carlin. The subject this is something i probably told you before i never fucked a 10 never fucked a 10 but one night i fucked five twos <laughs> <laughs> I love niggas that know math. I love them. And I. Oh, what's happening? Happen. Technical difficulties. That ought to count. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Here's something you never hear a man say Stop sucking my dick or I'll call the police. <laughs> now, something else a lot of you are aware of. Those of you with illegal cable hookups will be aware of the fact that uh, one of the things I like to do in my shows is complain, you know? It's kind of a motif for me, complaining. And of course, this weird culture we live in leaves you no shortage of things to complain about. So this next piece of material, like most good ideas, is fairly simple. It's just a list of people who ought to be killed. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Starting with these people who read self-help books. Why do so many people need help? Life is not that complicated. You get up, you go to work, you eat three meals, you take one good shit, and you go back to bed. What's the fucking mystery? And the part I really don't understand, if you're looking for self-help, why would you read a book written by somebody else? That's not self-help, that's help. There's no such thing as self-help. If you did it yourself, you didn't need help. You did it yourself. Try to pay attention to the language we've all agreed on. And a similar, a similar mystery to me. Motivation books, motivation seminars. Why would anyone need to be motivated by someone else? I say if you lack motivation, a seminar isn't gonna help you. What you really need is to be smashed in the head 30 or 40 times with a golf club. That'll fucking motivate you. 
or else it'll at least get you up and moving around the room. You know, locate your socks, shit like that. Get the day rolling. Motivation is bullshit. If you ask me, this country could use a little less motivation. The people who are motivated are the ones who are causing all the trouble. Stock swindlers, serial killers, child molesters, Christian nice. conservatives. These people are highly motivated. Highly motivated. And anyway, I think motivation is overrated. You show me some lazy prick who's lying around all day watching game shows and stroking his penis, and I'll show you someone's not causing any fucking trouble, okay? That's facts. Chris is digging this one. Here's another pack of low-grade morons who ought to be locked into portable toilets and set on fire. These people with bumper stickers that say, we are the proud parents of an honor student. Or the Midvale Academy, or whatever other innocent-sounding name has been assigned to the indoctrination center where their child has been sent to be stripped of his individuality and turned into an obedient, soul-dead, conformist member of the American consumer culture. Proud parents. What kind of empty people need to validate themselves through the achievements of their children? How would you like to have to live with a couple of these misfits? How's that science project coming along, Justin? Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> you simple-minded prick. Mind your own business and pass the Cheerios. <laughs> oh, shit. Here's a bumper sticker I'd like to see. We are the proud parents of a child whose self-esteem is sufficient that he doesn't need us promoting his minor scholastic achievements on the back of our car. That was good, Or, we are the proud parents of a child who has resisted his teacher's attempts to break his spirit and bend him to the will of his corporate masters. Just be a nice little for change, you know? Here's something realistic. We have a daughter in public school who hasn't been knocked up yet. And he's going, in, what? And that's George Carlin. So, this is where you can tell the difference between me and Chris. That being everyone else. No, no. But that's that's okay. Like that caters to a completely different spectrum of like comedy of human mm. beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> of, of, of a completely different spectrum, and that's okay. You know what I mean? But universally, like you're not gonna find conservatives or Republicans. I'm I'm just I'm playing a math game. I'm playing a math game. But like he he. Well, you, you're not playing a math game. You're playing mental chess right now. Mental like chess. Yeah, 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 you're saying yes. yo. Uh, so so internalize it right okay. and make it about you okay how do you feel about this not the numbers not, not who the- it caters to not yo this is for this person or that person or this person wouldn't find it funny for you internalize it and start with the word i i think it's phenomenal no, but do no. you? Because it sounds like you did no, it. No, 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 no. no. Chris, but like, you just challenge. You just challenge. Can you listen to me? All right, go ahead. Go, I go, just, go. I think of things in like a systematic mathematical approach, and when I think of his target audience, I feel like it. it, it How do you know who his target audience is? I mean, you can you can just tell in people's language and in, in the way they speak and the way the the, the, the crowd reacts. I mean, I don't like to deal in absolutes, but. I do think there is universal comedy. 
I do think that there are certain things you'll say that'll get a riot out of one demographic and that'll get a riot out of another demographic. And I feel like he 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 caters to a certain demographic and that's perfectly fine. I think it's I think it's hilarious, but I don't think people would find it universally funny. Why? Why? I don't think people have the experiences. I don't think people know the background of which his premise or which his comedy is based on. Um, I think a lot of his his uh, audience is like a particular. So two two questions. Two questions. Why don't you think people know that? You could answer that one first. Okay. Uh, why don't I think people know that? Let's see. Um, it could be anything. It could be anything from he's a white comic. I think they get a lot of a lot more. I'm not trying to be like systematic. Most or, of the country like, is white, by the way. Mm-hmm. Most of the country is white, but you know, a lot of them are. You know what I mean? They they stand on they stand on both spot both sides of the of their spectrums. Um, I think he stands on a certain side of the spectrum that you know where he tours where well, he what, what do you what see do you look here's the thing it's mathematical it makes sense it makes sense that he's getting this reaction i bet you this is an east coast city you bet me is a, it is an east coast city okay it is an east coast city but george collins been doing comedy since the 60s absolutely you and understand his what I'm saying? comedy so, is timeless right absolutely so then timeless. so so here's so but, here's my question to you my question to you is how do you feel about it and wh- where do these other feelings come from about demographically or mathematically or you know the the point is do you think it's funny and if you think it's funny then it works right and it's th- that means it's universal right because when he wrote this he, dude when he wrote this like you were in diapers you understand I, what i'm saying i feel like Probably it's not, not fair yeah because so. i'm a very unbiased opinion but I feel like to most I people, don't think so, I'm, bro. No, I'm serious. You're coming off a little biased, bro. No, no, no. I think I it's the Henny. The Henny's making you biased. <laughs> oh the no, the Henny's making you biased. Let's check out Woo! the other comic before we decide which one is the better bet. <laughs> and the other one is so. Bill Burr. Okay. The other one is Bill Burr. Good brother. <laughs> uh, let me find. Let me find a bit on Bill Burr. And if you guys are not familiar with Bill Burr, he does what a lot of people refer to as like hate comedy. Where he's just talking about all the shit that he hates, right? Yeah. And it's, it's 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 a very raunchy, very kind of like yeah. very hard approach. Hate so the, fuckery. So and Bilber has a ton of specials, but this one in particular is called "Why Do I Do This?" and it's from two thousand eight. I don't know. I gotta get my act together, man. I'm really uh, really at a critical point in my life, you know. I am. I'm, I'm serious. I'm a, I'm a fucking psycho, man. I've realized this about myself. Like, you know, I'm not married. You know. And I'm really getting to that critical age where, you know, pretty soon I'm just, you know, I got to pick a street. Either I'm going to get married, you know, or I'm just going to be in that creepy old guy hanging out in a bar, you know, red chest hair hanging out. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know what's, uh, what's wrong with me. I just, uh, I, th- I think I, I just stayed single too long, man. It's just brutal. There's a critical point when you stay single too long and when your brain switches from, uh, you know, like, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't say that to her. Eh, fuck it, say it. See what happens. <laughs> Dude, and once you cross that line, it's the, the, the evil that just, just opens up. It's just, you know. 
don't know. You know what? I just find women that just like, uh, I think they're great. I don't want this to come off like, I don't want to come off here like I'm some woman hater because, you know, I know I'm a psycho, but it's just like, I don't know. I just find them to be like relentless. Just every day, they, they just, they just got to come at you. They just wake up. They have an agenda. Oh, and so they're like these psycho robots that never run out of batteries. And every day, they just keep fucking, just keep coming at you. Right? You got to deal with that every single day. Hey, honey. And you literally, you know, every day, it's, it's like waves hitting the beach, you know? Every day, just a road and a little more. I'm going to give this one another shot because I was having an Instagram photo shoot. So <laughs> I know that y'all missed the whole premise that he just set up right now. So we're going to start from the top. We're going to start from the top. Nah, it's good. It's good. I don't know. I got to get my act together, man. I'm really, uh, I'm really at a critical point in my life, you know? I am. I'm, I'm serious. I'm a, I'm a fucking psycho, man. I, I realize this about myself. Like, you know, I'm not married, you know? And I'm really getting to that critical age where, you know, pretty soon I'm just, you know... I gotta pick a street. Either I'm gonna get married, you know, or I'm just gonna end up being that creepy old guy hanging out in a bar, you know, red chest hair hanging out. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know what's, uh, what's wrong with me. I just, uh, I, I think I, I just stayed single too long, man. It's just brutal. This is a critical point when you stay single too long and when your brain switches from, uh, you know, like, you know, don't, don't, don't say that to her. Eh, fuck it, say it. See what happens. <laughs> Dude, and once you cross that line, this is the, the, the evil that just, just opens up. It's just, you know. I don't know. You know what? I just find women that just like, uh, I think they're great. I don't want this to come off like, I don't want to come off here like I'm some woman hater because, you know. I know I'm a psycho, but it's just like, I don't know, I just find them to be like relentless. Just every day, they, they just, they just got to come at you. They just wake up, they have an agenda, and so they're like these psycho robots that never run out of batteries, and every day they just keep fucking, just keep coming at you. Right? You got to deal with that every single day. Hey, honey, and you literally, you know, every day, it's, it's like waves hitting the beach, you know? Every day, just eroding a little more of your life away, you know? Just waking up inch by inch, you know, every day just <laughs> <laughs> Why are you hanging out with him? He drinks too much. Uh. Where'd you buy that? That's ugly. Throw it out. So <laughs> 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 one day you're just hanging out in the middle of a lagoon, just floating there with your baseball cards. You're waving to your friends back on the shore. Don't get me tickets, I still like sports. <laughs> oh, here she comes, here she comes. Hey, honey, how you doing? No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to learn how to, how to pick my battles with my girl, you know? That's what I am, you know? I used to argue all the time. I'm just trying to pick the battles. Some days, they, they come at you. You just, you just gotta let them go. You just let them go and follow them to whatever dumb shit they wanna do. Like, hey, let's go get a picnic. We'll have a picnic. You bring the good bank and you fucking... <laughs> then other days, you just, you just gotta get your hand up. You just gotta... Just create this perimeter or something for them to bounce off like you just, you just send that psycho energy in another direction. Buy yourself a couple of hours for freedom before they bounce off something else. And they start coming back. Go see my parents. No, they're relentless. They never stop. And there's no reason for them to stop. You know why? Because you can't hit them. That's what it is. Think about that. There's no 
physical ramifications for being an <laughs> asshole when you're a woman. Do you know how much of a how much of a dick I would be if it was socially unacceptable to kick the shit out of me? Dude, I would. That's Bill Burr. So is. this is gonna be a and tough decision. Love, you know, like because you already mentioned, you can't you can't let the act. Yeah, I mean, you can't let the actor getting getting to wear the fucking stand up, the actual show, the special. And I love Bill Burr. I love the fact that he has done work with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Obviously, my all-time favorite comic. But not 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 in this round. I'm sorry, Bill Burr. I'm sorry. Ooh. Not, not this one. Damn. Nope. <laughs> we're not we're not talking about like oh six to four. We're talking about like eight to two. Like for, for 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 the matchup that was presented to me right now. It's like an eight to two. He got blown the fuck out. Oh, what make you? What makes you say that, Chris? Like, what's the <clears throat> difference maker for you? What is it that makes it? So, what? 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 Both, both, both sets of material was targeted to realities that I think is pretty common, pretty universal. I think it's more diction, meaning your choice of words, like. How did you feel about presenting this? I felt like Bill Burr was a little bit more unsettled, and he had the gig 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 gimmick going on for him versus all the brother. He didn't need any of that. Yeah, George Carlin is master just, of words. Hey, like he knew why he knew what he wanted to say, in and out, in and out, in and out, <laughs> joke, 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 joke. And I'm not talking about punchline to punchline because you know punchlines are good here and there. Punch runs are not always good, but it was more like, hey, I, f- I felt like it was more of a question of, I don't want to say confidence, but it's like, I know this is going to work. Because why yeah. do I know this is going to work? Because it vibes with me. So for me, for me, that that that's what that's what causes the the, the, the lopsided yeah. battle, if yeah. you will. How'd you feel about it, Sebastian? I felt on the completely opposite of the spectrum. I felt like Bill Burr conveyed his comedy, his story, his his punchlines towards the demographic that can see. Here we go with demographics. Tell me how you feel, Sebastian. But that that's the thing. How I feel like I I I look at things mathematically, and I'm so. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But yeah. like, like, I ain't like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no bitch, sell, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel like his. If you ask me, whose routine is more raw? Yeah, I'll say George Wallen. George Carlin. Sorry. Oh, that Henny's hitting. Uh, you just call him George uh, Wallen? It's in deep. Because he's Wallen, yo. George Wallen. Yo, he's Wallen. <laughs> okay. But so, Bill Blur. Um, Bill Blur? <laughs> <laughs> I got the old man laugh going on. Yo. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, yo, so, this, this, so, is your, yo, this ain't the mess hall, bro. Is this not. how you get in the mess hall, bro? This no, it's not. Yo, this is how, this, this how you starve outside. Anyway, yeah. so, so my thing is, I feel like, once again, it caters to a certain demographic. And I don't know, like, it's, I feel like a certain thing would hit with most people. And I feel like that's where, like, most comics, most rookie, novice, ex- 
wherever you branch them at, they'll disagree with me. But I feel like there's a certain level where what you say is universally funny or it's it's towards your audience. And like I feel like I'm always gonna find like the stuff that is like universally funny to always be the most pivotal to, to, to be that driving force in comedy. Um Okay, so like you feel like Bill Burr's material Bill Burr. has a univer universality to it that it's kind of like you could take that joke anywhere, Absolutely. whereas Carlin's stuff is a little bit more niche. Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's the best. So I guess you say. guys you guys are tied up in this, and you guys are making me the tiebreaker. Now. Tiebreaker, exactly. And it's, so, Chris, you want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing, and, and you know, I think that Bill Burr is brilliant. I think his his I think this special is phenomenal. It's one of the funniest specials I've ever seen. Um, I think George Carlin is also a brilliant comedian. He's this special right here. He has like twenty one hour specials, which is nuts in comparison mm. to yeah. pretty much any other comedian. Any comedian, that's, yeah, that's out right now. He does a special every year. He did. And every comedian says that would burn them out. Every yeah. every comedian that you ask, like, yo, could you do a special every year? They're like, Ugh. yeah. He's so, the only one that has burned one out every fucking year, bro. Now he's a, he's a legend. The shit about and I'm gonna go with George Carlin on this one, sadly, bro. And I'm gonna have to go with George Carlin on this one because I want to hear why. The shit about George it's Carlin okay. is to me, he exemplifies one of the principles that Bill Hicks Bill Hicks mentioned, and something that we spoke about earlier is uh write what entertains you if you can't be funny be interesting and the shit about george carlin is that when he's delivering his stuff I, most of the time i feel like he's not even trying to be funny he's just thinking like he's presenting you his thoughts you know what i mean and the way his thoughts are presented like the way they're delivered the words he chooses the way he sets the scenario up it's just like this motherfucker is a master of words. He's a master of English, and he just so happens to be doing comedy. You know what I mean? And that's and that's undeniable. Like it's just it's it's incredible stuff what he does with words and I agree and with that. and his rhythm and the way he does everything and the way he even transitioned into this joke. Like he has so many jokes that you forget how good the beginning joke was to transition into it because he started with for some reason he just he decided to start this bit with. You know what a man never says? Stop sucking my dick or I'll call the police. And it's like, yeah, men would a man has never said that in the history of manhood has a man ever said, Stop sucking my dick or I'm calling the cops. You know what I mean? But that has nothing to do with his bit. It was just a right. random one-liner right. to transition into this. Do you know who I think we should kill? We should kill this person, that person, this person, that person. And the entire time it's like this psychological analysis of society you know what i mean and all it's funny little trappings so i gotta there's give nuances, it to carlin man right there's yeah those nuances it's just the nuances of society and how everybody thinks like so i gotta give it to carlin and sebastian don't feel like you lost no no because you're drunk as fuck off this honey <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh i saw your lock screen so that's you know you're gucci <laughs> my brother <laughs> He's Gucci. So, uh, yo, you, you guys want to drop your social? Where can they follow you, Sebastian? Absolutely. You can follow me at NYC Sebi S E B Y. 
Um, I oh, always, shit. And we didn't even touch about that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I didn't even touch on how brolic you are. <laughs> like when I was when I when I was prepping my shit, I was like, "Yo, like, look, I have my notes here for you," and I'm like, "I have no understanding of his guy, but his Instagram is very fitness based." <laughs> 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 like, that's my notes that I have for you, and it, and I was supposed to ask you about your fitness Instagram, <laughs> but then we forgot. To ask. But yeah, this motherfucker's brolic. So follow NYC Sebi. And then Chris, you have a social? Yeah, I just I just made my Instagram because I'm a fucking caveman. I, yeah, old fashioned young guy with the receding hairline. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Chris underscore fights for NY meaning New York. Chris underscore fights for underscore New York. I'm gonna, give you, I'm gonna give you your first thing, bro. I think your shit should be caveman Chris. <laughs> Like you should just change your Instagram right now to Caveman Chris. Like it's check if that's available <laughs> because Chris fights for New York. You got mad at under- so it's Chris underscore fights underscore four underscore New York underscore and and I'm just thinking yo Caveman Chris is way better, bro. I like that. You should because are you really a caveman? You have a you have a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you not gonna give him my phone number. Are you familiar with cell phones? You ever heard of cell phones? Are you heard of cell phones? I don't want a whole bunch of people calling me shit. That's gonna remind me of my day job. I don't like that. <laughs> so a whole bunch of motherfuckers from India call me like, oh, I need a job. <laughs> yo, and I no chill. Like, <laughs> yo, guys, thank thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thank I really you for appreciate it. I really appreciate y'all, bro. Man. Likewise.